In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Buenas noches, senores and senoritas. Welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International on TojiNet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. I am Ron Kolick, your host. Yes, Van Helsink. Anyways, with me, my co-host, all the way from across the pond, the Ghost Finder General himself, Mr. Richard Felix. You know, I couldn't hear you breathing, so for a minute there, I didn't know you were there. That's the quietest I've ever heard you. But last week. Last week? <laughs> what? Something happened last week? I can't remember. No, you wouldn't. i tell you what. <laughs> it's going to be every week now. Oh, God, I shall be... I shall be sitting here by the telephone with bated breath, hoping to hoping to hear your dulcet tones at the beginning of the program. <laughs> so, so kind of like what you did to me at yes. the worth huh? Absolutely right. Yeah, I was stuck in traffic. But hang on a minute, I was I was making a three and a half hour journey from Franconia. Uh, well, 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 well. But there you go. It's tit for tat now. So uh, I, I sort of. Well, hosted nearly half of, of, of Ghost Chronicles for one week. Uh, and I must be honest with you, I did enjoy it. But, I mean, I hadn't, I had got no one. I was all alone. And thank oh, God, wait Eric. A minute. Wait, wait, wait. But hold everything, Richard. Yes. I believe Eric joined you on the... He was wonderful. Listen, yes. that man, yes. I tell you, when I, when I come over to the Alamo, um, uh, I shall be buying um, uh, Eric a very large pint of... of uh, yeah, Sam Adams. Sam Adams? Sam Adams. Whatever. Or whatever he drinks. Because, or a tequila, perhaps. Uh, probably yeah, Corona Eric, down you there. were marvellous, mate. Probably Corona <laughs> down here, but because they're near, they're near the border, you know. Well, oh, really? Oh, I see. Yeah. or something. Yeah, we had, yes, something like that. We had a fantastic chat about the ghosts of the Alamo, and, it, and uh, I enjoyed it. But yeah, he because you see, I tell you what, it's so it doesn't you don't realise because obviously, being the sort of show we are, there's no there's no you know we can't just put a, a record on a record um, um, right. a tune a, a disc or whatever you want to call it and and sort of hide behind it. It's uh, keep talking, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that right. Um, it's sort of like, but at least you had him to talk to when you stuck me up a Worthen. I was there by myself oh, you, with no guest for an hour. And you had an hour. I, I, I apologize, my friend, beyond words. I will make sure that it never, ever happens again. So, um, so you, uh, and I'm sure you did very well. You owe me a half hour anyways. 
I reckon I do. I reckon I do. Anyway, speaking, <laughs> speaking of the Alamo, I, I did see a, an interesting uh, program on the telly uh, the other night. Which was, on the telly? That sounds English. Yeah, well, you know, it's wearing off. What can I tell you? Yeah, yeah. But it was really cool because the Alamo that's down there in Texas now isn't really the Alamo that was there when no. uh, uh, the battle took place. 18th, don't tell me that. And, and all those movies with, like, you know, John Wayne and all that, eh, yep. it was really bad. It, it didn't at all happen like that. Oh, it, I'm sure it did a bit. A bit, yeah. A well, yeah, bit. Oh, come on. Shot. It, it was... You got to realize that this place, the original Alamo, was it was a fort. Very basically, it was huge. Oh yeah, it, was, it had a huge outer perimeter. Yes, it was absolutely huge. Yeah, and there was only 187 men there. Yeah, now, exactly. If you spread those out, they weren't shoulder to shoulder fighting on the walls like they showed in the movies. Hell, they probably had to uh, you know yell to hear the next person. Or, <laughs> Yeah, but they one? retreated back, didn't they, into into the Alamo itself, no, into no, the mission station. No, 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 that, that is the Alamo. The Alamo is the fort. There's, there's no, yes, they, they fought from the long barracks and everything else, and, and some of the parts were true, like the, uh, um, you know, them capturing the canning and turning the canning on the on the long barracks yeah. and some of the others. Yeah. But no, they, 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 you know, it was unbelievable. And you know what? And part yep. of the reason that they, they even got beaten they never completed the damn thing. They made all these earthworks, and they were kind of like lazy. So they, they had like all these uh, logs with uh, dirt in between them. They didn't even need ladders. They could climb right up them and, and get in. Yeah, but they still held out for 13 days, Ron. Yes, yes, yes. Come on. I mean, 187 men against however many 4,000 uh, Mexicans. Uh, come on, guys. It was, I think it was, it was... Uh, almost equal to the to the Battle of Rourke's Drift in in the Zulu Wars. Um, only, oh, I don't know. Only that we won, and they, they unfortunately the Texans lost. But um, I still think it's it's uh, a particularly fantastic event um, in in Texas's history, and of course in America's history. Uh, and the, the building's still there. Come on, the actual um, the actual mission. Well, is, no, is still well, there. let let's look at that again. Actually, it is. Sort of the building, except it's got a whole brand new facade on it. They changed the whole thing afterwards. It's, it's not anything like it, and, and the actual property is is a lot, lot smaller than. Uh, oh yeah. The, In the, fact, there's well, just the one building left, isn't there? As far as I know, well, there's and, a little uh, bit. There's a courtyard and stuff. And yeah. They actually, I mean, it was it was pretty interesting because it shows you how Hollywood changes everything, and oh, absolutely, we get the perception that Hollywood is real. And yeah. not was, well, I don't know how we got onto the Alamo, but anyways. Well, it's haunted, Ronald. Uh, yeah. That's why it's haunted. It's extremely. Yeah. And, of course, don't forget that never mind the building. It it's can be also what was on the, you know, if there's nothing left of the original building, there's still the, the, the land that it was that fought over and the emotions and everything else that, that could still be there. In other words, you know, there might be a modern building, but it can still be haunted because of what was on the site before. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway. So, Come on, guys. Haunted place. Richard Felix wants to go. Yeah. Right. Whatever. End of story. Fine. Right. I'm so anyways, we do have a guest today. We do have a guest today. Indeed, we do. We have a very good friend of mine, uh, Ian Norman, who, who is uh, the bad boy of the psychic world. 
Oh, is he really? So, uh, Ian, are you there? Ian? He's not answering you. That's very strange. I've actually been speaking to him on Skype um, about five, ten minutes ago. I was having trouble with his signal. Um, That's very strange. Very Ah, This is not good, Roald. This could be paranormal. You know that, don't you? Can you hear me? Aha! Hello. Ian! Hello there. How are you? How are you doing? Listen, you sound as if you're a long way off. You're not down a mine pit, a mine or something, are you? Uh, not yet, mate, no. Because I know you're in Yorkshire. Yeah, is that okay? Is that better? Yeah, we can he- Can you hear him, Ron? I can. He sounds, he sounds like he's talking in his uh, beer mug. Yeah, <laughs> he could well be. Hey, beer mug. Is that better? All Great. Right. Great well, to have you on the show, Ian. Let me yeah, introduce you, you to much. Ronald Kulik. Great Hello, to be Ian. here. Why don't you introduce him to our uh, fans? That would be even more important. Well, I've already done that. I've just told everyone that Ian Lawman is is apparently the bad boy of the psychic world. Uh, really? A very good friend of mine. And, of course, uh, many times uh, the medium on, on TV is most haunted with me. Aren't you, Ian? Weren't you, Ian? Uh- well, we had a good relationship on there, Richard, didn't we? We hit it off straight away, so uh, we did. yeah, we've become very good friends now. Yeah, indeed we have, and we also worked on uh, another program that's well been piloted at the moment called Ghoul School, which uh, was quite something. Ghoul School, G H O U L, Ghoul School. Hmm. Yeah, we had good time on that, didn't we? Ian? Well, that was an interesting one. I think, um, you know, for you as well, the information that I came up with and, and it kind of shocked um, the, the um, Woodchester Mansion, didn't it, a little bit? And uh, not yep. Woodchester Mansion. What am I all about? Yeah, Michelin Priory. Michelin Priory. That's the one, isn't it? Uh, we right. certainly shocked them at uh, Michelin Priory, didn't we? Yeah, very much so. Ian came out with some information that, in fact, we're still, to this day, not allowed... I mean, some some good, isn't there? But it, it, it's information that we are not allowed to divulge because really? of the trustees of the of the place, the, the Priory, um, down south in, in England. Uh, but it absolutely blew the mind of the custodian that runs the place uh, because nobody else... Nobody but nobody knows about it. And Ian came up with it. But, you know, anybody can say that sort of thing because... Unfortunately, we can't. We're not allowed to talk about it. But we no, it's quite both know more isn't about it, really, it. That we can't, can't, you know, can't mention it. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it's exciting for both of us, really. It was. So yeah. you you verified what Ian, Ian is a, is the medium. I take it right. Correct. Absolutely right. And, and yes, you, I do very much verify it because I've spoken to the custodian, uh, and being uh, obviously branded as the historian on these things. Um, you know, I know I know certain facts, um, but it's such a shame that I'm not allowed at the moment uh, to divulge the information. But I know it to be true, and I know uh, what Ian came out with uh, to be the same information. Um, one day, hopefully, we'll be allowed to break it to the to the public, to the world. But at the moment, I'm not allowed to. Uh, only I know how authentic. Oh, sorry, me and, and of course, the custodian of Mitchell and Priory also know how authentic it is uh, and how, um, how true it, it, what Ian actually said. 
Um, and it sort of came out, not, not, not obviously not by accident, but um, he, he just, he just, he just came out with this, this information. And we were, you know, that was it. I'm sorry, guys, you're not allowed. This, you mustn't put this on. This must not go on, um, on the, on the film. Which no, is, I, I don't understand that. They actually have creative uh, 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 veto there, where they, they yeah. not allow. Yeah. Absolutely right. You see, it's a, it, it, I said, let's be honest, it's a little bit like the, probably the, the daughters of the Alamo, getting back to, to the Alamo, where they, they have a say in, in what happens in the building, what happens with the building, and what information is allowed to go out. And, and this information is, is very much not allowed to go out and is very much not public knowledge. Really? Uh, it's, 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 it's very sad, it. isn't it? Because uh, it could have caused a lot of problems you? for the building as well. Sorry, I missed that. It, it could have, it, you know, if, if that information went out, uh, it would cause a lot of problems, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. You know, it's very sad. Like I would say, one day it will come out, but at the moment it would cause problems for, um, you know, for, for, for well, a few people out there, I would have thought. Yeah. And this, this Ron, is so much what I believe that the, the mediums, uh, genuine mediums are all about. Um, coming up with stuff that people don't actually, only a few people know about, or, or solving mysteries that, that, you know, people have been trying to sol solve for a long time. It's very easy for a medium to just say there's a guy standing in the corner and his name's John. Uh, anybody, I could do it and you could do it. Um, but to come out with other information is good. And that's what I believe, you know, Ian's, Ian's one of the good ones. Well, Tell us more about yourself, Ian. How, how did you start? Yeah, how did you become a medium? Was it just you outgrew the small or? Ah. <laughs> well, it's the same story really as, as many of us may have heard before. But but um, I started at the age of four. Um, I had um, what I thought was an imaginary friend, and so did my parents really, and they thought it was something I would grow out of. And as time progressed, it was the age of sixteen. Um, I started. Um, Developing more, I, I was, you know, I could see other people walking out of walls. Um, I could talk to people that no one else could talk to. And unfortunately, at the age of 16, one of my best friends um, passed away. And uh, that evening, he appeared to me in a solid form at the bottom of my bed, uh, telling me he was still alive. So I contacted his parents the following day and kind of told them that I saw their son. Uh, you can imagine the response I got wasn't too um, forthcoming, wasn't very pleasing. And they said to me um, that um, he can't be his dad, you know, we've been told he's dead. And I said, well, he came to me in a Reebok sweatshirt. And they bought him the Reebok sweatshirt that morning. Uh, when they came back, they found him dead in uh, their premises. They owned a shop. And for me, that was a you know, period of my life at the age of 16 where it convinced me that I was obviously seeing dead people. So there you go. Yeah. But, I mean, so it, it's one thing that, okay, how do you get from, you know, I mean, personal experiences like that to actually going commercial with it? This is what you do. You do this professionally, correct? Yeah, I mean, that's right. I mean, to be fair, with, to be honest with you, professionally, it, it was luck. I was going to luck. Because um, what happened, I used to be a dancer, and I broke my kneecap at 25. And I had no career, had no money, and I thought, what can I do to earn a crust, earn a living, get some money to pay the mortgage and the bills? 
So what I decided to do was just read tarot cards, tell people's fortunes, like I, you know, I used to as a dancer. And a journalist um, grabbed all the stories that um, ex-dancer, ex-fashion model now has become a psychic. And um, so it really went from there. 25 um, people went mad that I was very different to everyone else. Um, and uh, I kind of fell into it, really. Now, yeah, so you fell into it, but um, once again, it, it, it's difficult to, to make that transition, I would think, from just doing it privately to where people are actually paying you for it. And I mean, is that, that to be, I mean, I, I can do a little cards as, 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 a, as it is, but um, yeah. I always feel this, this, you know, like, I don't know, like, like you're, you, you don't want to, pardon the expression, screw people. So yeah, yeah. you got to be a hundred percent sure of what you're doing. Okay? Well, I mean, obviously I was tested by, by um, the media. I mean, it was a journalist called Alan Breeze, who is now a very good friend of mine. And what happened with him, he was uh, running a test on mediums, and it was for um, this lady was pregnant, and they wanted to know the sex of this child. And what it actually was, he asked 30 psychics up and down the country to sex this child, and I was the only one who said a girl. Out of 30 psychics, believe it or not, I was the only one who said a girl, and I was the only one who got it right. So, uh, you know, people can say 50-50, yeah, yeah, it was a 50-50 guess, but why would 29 other psychics um, say a boy, and why would I say a girl? Um, so that kind of nailed it for him, and then various other testings and, and uh, other things we, we did together, he, he kind of uh, trusted me, and, and that's how my career started, from appearing in local newspapers and, and local TV channels, um, and, and it kind of snowballed and went on to shows like Most Haunted. Now, I, I, I'm hearing a ghost dog in the background. Is that what That's my doing? ghost dog. Uh -huh. That's my ghost dog. I've, throw, um, throw, throw him a bone, will you? Throw, I'll throw him more than a bone. I'll kick him out in a minute, damn thing. <laughs> um, that's the wonders of live radio, so, isn't it, hey? So, so hey, let, me, hey. let me ask you this. Do you believe that mediums and psychics should be certified? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, I certainly do. I, I, um, but that doesn't just go to mediums and psychics. I think everybody should, like builders, bricklayers, plumbers, um, everything in every industry should be. Right. Ron, I mean, listen, there's a very different meaning to being certified in England, I think, than there is in, in, in America. Why is that? I, that's right, isn't it, isn't it uh, Ian? Because basically, pe people often get certified in England when they're put in a mental hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's why I laughed when you said, should all mediums and psychics be certified? One has to be so careful with the translation. Uh-huh. Oh. Now then, well, what about that? But how, what, do you also think that most mediums and psychics should be certified, Ian? <laughs> yeah, yes, I certainly do. Actually, this is the big one. You must remember that up until not that many years ago, anybody that heard voices or anything like that were certified, as we call it over here, and were, in fact, often locked away in mental hospitals. Uh, uh, who's to say I'm not calling for one now? Uh, actually, it sounds like it. Well, well, there you go. Um, but Ian, you know, of course, is sorry. Carry on, Ron. Carry on. But I mean, when you look at that, you can even go as far as uh, paranormal investigators, because basically we're looking for invisible people. I mean, how yes. that's is yeah. that? Yeah. Right. right. So, anyways, I don't know why we got 
about that one because my mind wanders. Uh, no, anyway. I agree with you. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, these, you know, 50 years ago, there was sort of even less than 50 years ago, people talking about seeing ghosts, most people ridiculed them and laughed at them. Uh, and some people still do, but not many. Um, I presume it's it's down to TV programs um, that have made people more aware. And of course, Ian is is actually um, currently on on. Well, he was on another TV program called Haunted Homes, and he's now um, the medium on a program called Living with the Dead. Okay, yeah. now, did, didn't we have someone on the show who, who broke some news about uh, was uh, it Living uh, with the Dead? Yes, uh, a very good friend of Ian's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with Mark Webb. Right, and, and the, the gist of it was that he received an email which went to the psychist, which was... Uh, Ian and also uh, Joni Fiore, and they were given pre-knowledge of the location they were going in. That's absolutely correct, isn't it, Ian? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you know, we're, we're not actually mediums on the show. I'm actually an exorcist, and Johnny um, is working as a sensitive alongside me. Um, so what happens before any haunting um, or any anything a paranormal goes on, if I'm going to investigate it as an exorcist, I insist that I have all information beforehand. So I'm armed and I'm ready um, to know what to expect. I mean, it's the same as any builder. They always, um, you know, have a look at the location beforehand before they go in there for any structural damage or anything. That's the same as me. I want to go in there um, with prior knowledge so I know what I'm expecting when I get there. Well, I mean, that does make sense because uh, you're not actually trying to identify the ghost. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, we do identify ghosts. I mean, obviously, if they're there, we need to know what, um, who they are. But um, we're not going in there solely to identify um, one particular ghost. We're going in there to find out what is haunting that particular house or that person. So um, we do have knowledge beforehand um, but that's something I solely insist for because it's, it makes sense for me to be aware of, of what I'm walking into. I, I could be walking into anything. And, and this is never, you know, this is something that's been kept from the public. It's not quite, you know, it's not hush hush news. I mean, it's just common sense that anyone would know that an exorcist would need to know what they're walking into. Well, let me ask you this, Ian. Uh, Richard is supposed to be your friend, but he doesn't believe in demons. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I, well, I mean, yeah, he's a very good friend of mine. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I do have very good friends who also don't believe in psychics or exorcists. Um, but um, Rich is the sort of person I, I like working with um, because he's not, he doesn't accept everything a medium says to him or he doesn't accept everything an exorcist says to him. So working with somebody like him, it's great to, to convince um, to work along and um, to work together, really, because obviously Richard sometimes fascinates me with the history that he comes out with as well. Oh, I thought, Ron, I thought I was a very good friend of yours, but I but I don't agree with everything you say as well. You don't? <laughs> no, I don't, and you don't agree with everything I say. I, I thought you hung on every uh, on every word I said. I've hung on a few of them, <laughs> but again, it leads back to this. I genuinely don't believe, uh, I know the interviews with Ian and not with me, but I, 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 and I've sort of told Ian this before, demons to me are church-made um, uh, monsters that uh, were created by the church to terrify us. Um, I believe in evil 
because I believe that um, if we are an evil person in this life, and I hope Ian may be able to help me with this a bit more, I believe that if we are an evil person, then when we go over, we, we take that evil with us because our ego, for want of a better word, doesn't die. It goes on with us. It, yeah, I totally that... agree. I, I totally agree with that, Richard. That's a really good quote because I, I believe that a demon is something that's made up, really. I don't think that a demon exists. I do believe that um, somebody who, who is aggressive in this side of life, um, somebody um, like a, um, a murderer, um, mm. a child, somebody who, who abused children, um, who, what makes um, us to believe that when they pass over, they're going to all of a sudden become a good person? Um, who's to say they are going to cross over? And I think those demons, what we call in this life, are people like uh, the Yorkshire Ripper, Jack the Ripper, who decided not to pass over. They decided to stay in limbo land, and that's why they're still evil. Yeah. And the reason they've stayed here is because they fear divine retribution and hellfire for the evil that they've created on this earth. Yes, definitely. Yes. I think, yeah. Um, hmm. So how can you be an uh, exorcist and not believe in demons? Um, I mean, just because I'm an exorcist, it doesn't mean I, I, you know, I disbelieve or do believe in demons. Um, as an exorcist, I, I'm um, there to pass on or uh, move over to the other side negative souls or spirits that aren't convinced that they're dead. So okay. um, I, I have come across what I believe are demons, um, and that's my beliefs. But once again, I feel it's somebody who was a negative soul this side and somebody who was quite a, an arrogant or an horrible person this side. And uh, we would class them as demons because they're not like you and I, a nice person. Mm. It's just a word, Ron. Just the same yeah. as uh, uh, the word ghost. Uh, G-H-O-S-T is a, is a word used to describe things that we don't understand. Uh, the word demon goes back, as I say, to the old medieval church days of describing, um, well, spirits and souls that, that as, as Ian says, of, of evil people that have probably not moved on. Well, actually, um, you can go back to the beginning of time, and the, and the earliest religions uh, or even beliefs <laughs> believed in uh, demons, for lack of a better word. Uh, they yeah, it is a word, from, isn't it? It, but, uh, yeah, I mean, is it something that you are just, uh, you don't believe that there is a, uh, quote, capital D devil? Is, is that what it is? And, oh, absolutely not. Okay. Now, come on, Ian, what, what about the same with you? I don't believe in the devil. It's, it's made up by the church to, to, to sort of counteract um, good. Evil has been created to, 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 yeah, to counteract uh, good. I don't think there is a devil. I think it's a church-made thing. But what do you think, Ian? Well, I, uh, do we believe in God? You know, I, I, I think it's a religious thing, like you say. Uh, I, I think it's one person who judges. Um, so if somebody comes along and um, sends all negative people to one side of the universe and the good souls to the other side of the universe, um, would that person be classed as God or would that person be classed as devil? Because... You know, it'd be God because they're pushing the nice people to one side, but they'd be classed as a devil because they're pushing the negatives to one side, wouldn't they? Yeah. Interesting. That's my reason. So let me ask you this, Ian. How did you become a demonologist or a uh, exorcist, excuse me? Um, and, and what gives you the, I guess, the right to uh, move spirits on? Uh, after sure. the break. Um, Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey! 
We actually have a break coming up, and so we, we can't get into that. But I want you to think about that. When you come back, uh, we will go deeper into it. So you are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kohitz. Our special guest is Ian Lawman, and we'll be right back after the following message from Coach Chat. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk gobbly gooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give the awards to the Parrax family. Hi, everybody. This is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station? Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear these latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. We are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick on TojiNet Pararex. Ghost Channel and beyond. Uh, the number here, if you want to call in, our special guest is Ian Lawman, 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869, or join us live in the TojiNet chat room or the Pararex chat room or the Richard Felix chat room, if you had one. Already? <laughs> what do you mean if I had one? You have one? <laughs> no, but there you go. I want to know how many people might be listening from beyond. Uh, quite a few. Do you think so? Oh, ask Ian. He's just a medium. Yeah, come on, Ian. Do you reckon re- <laughs> there's anyone listening from beyond? Well, I, I think we've got over kind of maybe three and a half to four million um, ghostly, spooky people listening to us tonight. Hey, how's about there that, Ron? The, 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 oh, yeah. the, the, the figures have just gone up. I guess so. That's not bad, is it? Ian, I, I have a very big question for you now. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I threw out the big oh. question. Oh, all right, then. Go on. I'll get in the queue. You're just going to blow that one off? <laughs> no, I wasn't. No, it was going to lead on to it, but you all carry right, on. And all I'll... right, g- give you a question then. Well, well I was going to ask Ian, what is an exorcist? An exorcist is a person who um, uses um, religious beliefs or religious tools um, to exercise or to move on a trapped soul to the other side. Right. And I, but, but you're not surely a religious person, are you? Um, I'm actually ordained. Not many people know that. Oh, you're uh, joking. 
No, oh, no, we can not have not an argument. Like that. Yeah. Um, this is one of the arguments we also yes. had. Um, when I did series one of Living with the Dead, um, we had to put me down as an house cleanser um, because Living TV was going through all my paperwork and everything um, before they could look, put on series two that I was actually an exorcist. Well, to call yourself an exorcist, well, anyone can call themselves an exorcist, but legally to call yourself an exorcist, you have to be ordained by the church. So, um, and that's um, how I got into this, basically. Um, a good few years ago, five, six years ago, um, people was calling me with problems in their house that uh, various other mediums had been attempting uh, to do. And um, so I, I don't want to use the word dabble, but I went along and um, made communication, and I felt it was a natural gift that I had to move spirits on. So I went to my local spiritualist church and spoke to my president there, Moira Moore, and um, I became um, ordained, and um, also with the uh, New Life Church as well. Oh, I say. Now I need to carry on here, because basically, uh, so, pardon me, you were ordained, ordained through the spiritualist church originally? Christianity, yes. Right, because the, the amazing thing is that, that uh, I've only ever been to one spiritualist church in my life, Yes. Uh, and I actually went to do my talk, which it, what is a ghost, which your poor old Ron has heard so many times now, yeah. uh, and, and you have as well. And I didn't know how they were going to take me, but they were actually quite responsive to what I was saying. And at the end of the, the evening, one or two of them came up to me and, uh -huh. and actually told me that they were, for want of a better word, escapees from, from the conventional Christian church. Yes. Uh, and yes. they were told by the church, when they left the church, that uh -huh. if they became spiritualists, that they would actually burn in hell. Yes. Now, how about that? But that, the slight, things in the Christianity movement now have slightly changed. They, the church is now starting to accept um, that they do do exorcisms. They are starting to speak out slightly about it. They are yes. still very hush-hush, and uh, they are quite happy now to, to tell people that they do use mediums, um, to help them with exorcisms. So it, it is kind of moving in, in, in the right direction. When was this, Richard? When, when was this talk you had? Oh, my God, it must be three or four years ago. Right, okay, yeah. Things have moved on slightly since then. Because I know for a fact that the, the Spiritualist Church, certainly in England, is the, is the only church that is actually gathering more, more numbers. It's the fastest-growing uh, religion, if you like, for want of a better word, in the British Isles. And that's yeah, I mean, people, people are absolutely fascinated by it. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, I'd love to say people are involved in spiritualism because they love their religion, but it's shows like Most Wanted, Living with the Dead, and, and, and various oh, things yeah. like that what are now drawing people to their churches. Um, so, so they are using the, the Christianity side of things to, to get involved in this sort of movement. But yeah, the churches are full. Really? Yes, of course. So in other words, you are an ordained Christian... Minister, Minister, no? Yes. My goodness, and can, can you wear a dog collar? Yes, I can. I, do I call her? Suit you. I beg your pardon? <laughs> suit you, suit you sir. Do I call her? A dog collar. You know what a dog collar is, don't you? It's a white thing that, 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 <laughs> that <laughs> priests wear around the neck. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so, this is really, because I didn't know anything about this from Ian at all. Um, 
No, no I did not. So I'm, I'm it's something. Uh, it's there's something a new I Ian coming out here that I didn't, that I actually didn't know about. So you are an ordained minister of the church that can con conduct exorcisms to remove, um, to remove um, tormented souls <laughs> still here. And next yeah. question. Can I carry on, Ron? Is this all right? Oh, go for it. Oh, thank you. Do you do it in the conventional way that the church does it? Oh, now you're going to cause an argument. Um, when, I, when I was discussing with the church that I was going to film Living with the Dead, um, they was really upset that I was going to use um, unorthodox methods. And what I, mean on, um, what I mean by that is that I believe that um, rather than going around with my holy water, my Bible, if somebody's been sat in a room using a Ouija board, and since using that Ouija board, someone's um, become overshadowed, possessed, yep. or someone's experienced things in that house, I believe the only way to drive out that spirit is use that Ouija board again because it was attracted to that board, and to get that spirit as close to me as possible is to use that method again. Wow. So carry on. So in other words, you use unconventional methods, certainly as regards what the church would, would believe. Which has annoyed a lot of people, um, as you can imagine. But I believe that um, sometimes fight fire with fire, it puts the fire out. You know, it puts it under control. And who's to say if I walk into... Um, Michelin Priory or, or wherever and, and I go in as a Christian with my Holy Bible, who's to say that's going to put them at rest? That could cause more hassle or upset the spirits more than anything. Yeah, I which I believe it would. Bible. But have yeah. you done that? Sort? Do you do the bell, book and candle? Um... I, certainly, I certainly do, Richard, yes. Really? Mm, yes. How I say? Be gone, evil demon, splashing the holy yes. water and... Yes. I see. <laughs> because, you see, I don't know whether you know this, you should do, uh, that you do know that, that exorcism is actually uh, a, a form of excommunication for the living. Yes. Where they're slamming the book, Bible shut, blowing out the candle and ringing a bell, which is exactly the same. In, in other words, excommunication uh, is actually denying people the rights to go to heaven and, and, and sending them to hell. Unfortunately, in, in, so. in the eyes of the church. Yes. Wow. Hence the fact you use unconventional methods rather than that normally, I would think. Well, it causes a lot of problems, as you can imagine. Uh, yeah. Some Christian people um, don't believe in my methods. Some are very upset in my methods. Um, but like I say, if it um, puts um, trapped souls or trapped spirits onto the other side or puts them at rest, what am I doing wrong? Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. And does it not also sometimes perhaps put the person's mind at rest that believes there is something there and there may not be? Um, I'm quite harsh with that. I, I mean, I'm the sort of person, if um, you contacted me tomorrow and said that um, you was possessed or you had a problem, I mm. would, um, over a period of a week or something like that, I'd maybe phone you every day, see how you're feeling, kind of build up a case note, really, or case study, very much like you would, Richard. Um, and you tend to get a feel of that person, don't you? You tend to know whether that person's genuine or not. Um, and then once I feel that the case is genuine, then I will pop out and visit them. And um, I'd insist that the family were there, like husband, wife, daughter, son, if, if that's who lived in the house, 
And once again, it's to get a feel of the family to see if they're sane, if, if they're good mental health. And um, if I feel that's all okay, then yeah, I, I will do an exorcism. Wow, I see. Amazing. Ron, it's over to you now. You can. I forgot what your question was now. Uh, it was certification, but that's all right. That was good. You guys carried on pretty well with it. So, Ian, um, you, you were on uh, most most haunted. How did you make a transition from being, uh, an, you know, a minister and an exorcist to uh, your role was pretty much a uh, medium on most haunted? Correct. Yeah, I, actually, to be fair with you, when I was on most haunted, I wasn't ordained, so, so that was the difference. Um, so I was just oh, a medium on there who, who specialised in cleansings or exorcisms, if you like. But I didn't have the uh, I didn't have the title as, as an exorcist then, really. Um, but I still I'm still a medium. I still work as a medium. Um, I believe that it gives me the upper hand, really, because obviously I can communicate with what's in the house as well as uh, moving them forward or moving them on to their next life. So I mean. When you go on, I mean, evidently you're not, you, you have no fear of what you do, correct? Um, I think I'd be lying if I said I had no fear. Um, I like to portray that I have no fear. There's always that chance that something could shock you. Um, I, I did a house in Blackpool um, where we come from. It's a seaside resort. And I would say that's one of the most haunted um, properties I've ever been in in my entire life. And... and um, I was pretty quick to want to get out of that house for to get some fresh air and everything. I mean, I give you a quick case example. Um, there was a little doll, but this lady stood on top of a, a staircase, and the doll f- um, flew across the room while we were sat downstairs. And we actually thought that it had just fallen over. So um, the paranormal investigator who was there at the time, Stephen Griffiths, actually put the doll right tight into the steel railing so it couldn't move. And we heard a thud again as we went back upstairs. The doll was on the floor. The socks and the shoes was taken off the doll. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. That was on it, TV. That was on TV. And I also found out after the event that um, the Cray twins actually attempted to take over that street because it used to be bed and breakfast and things like that. And they was actually bullied out of Blackpool by the local residents, and that was a Cray Twins. Good Lord. Because mm. you, you, deal- you had dealings of some sort, I believe, with the Cray Twins, did you not? Yeah, I st- I'm still associated with them. Uh, what happened, um, Ronnie Cray, um, um, before, uh, he, uh, sorry, Reggie Cray, before Reggie Cray passed over, Ronnie Cray came to visit me in, in a ghost form and wanted me to pass a message on to his brother, uh, basically to tell him not to um, tell the public, if you can remember, that there was one more body to be found. Um, I ignored it, and when um, Reggie died, I was visited by both of them for numerous months, and it still goes on to this day. And, and since this has happened, I've met up with a character called Dave Courtney, who I know you do know really well. I do indeed, too. yes. Yeah, and um, I shook Dave Courtney, and it was actually Dave who gave me the title as a bad boy, because um, I'm sure I'm allowed to tell you now. Um, but when I sat with Dave, he was very sceptical, and uh, I sat in Dave's front lounge, and I, he said to me, have you got the Cray Twins here now? I said, yes. And he says to me, what have they got to say? I said, well, Ronnie, first of all, wants to thank you for the cigarettes you put in his top pocket and the mobile phone on the inside. And Dave nearly wet himself, actually, uh, because... Um, <laughs> The full week before the funeral, Dave was in the mortuary um, 
bodyguarding his body. And what he did as a gesture, he put Tom, 10 John Player specials in his top pocket and a mobile phone on the inside. There was only Dave Courtney who knew that. Nobody else knew that. Hey, Ron. You see, that's, that's the sort of proof that I like. That's the sort of stuff that, that like, no one else on this earth could know about. Um, I presume you, he was on his own in the, in the mortuary with him, was he? He was in the, yeah, totally. He wasn't allowed to um, be with anyone else in there. He was just by himself. And there's obviously security guards and everything on the outside, but he was paid by the Craze Associates um, to look after that body because um, there was a ransom and everything. People was going to try and steal uh, Ronnie's body. Of course. Wow. All right, so you, you, know, you know about the Cray twins, do you, Ron, I presume? The what? In America, do you know you, you know in America about the the, the Cray brothers? Uh, they're, they're sort of like your Al Capones, are they not? Oh well, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. I just had to put the the uh, two cents to it, but I couldn't stick it. Yeah, but, yeah. I yeah, know they were big, big gangsters over here in 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 the UK, and um, that's amazing. That's 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 a story and a half. That is it. That's that's. Well, I'm very very looking at Richard because uh, Dave Courtney's put twenty five grand. Um, basically, on my head, if anyone touches me, he'll pay twenty-five grand to find out who's done it. So I'm a very lucky man and well guarded, well protected. Gosh, yeah. That's how about deal. that? I, I need that. So <laughs> do I. But you know, you, now, let me ask you this, Ian: Is it important to you to have verification of what you feel and see and uh, experience? Yes, very much so. I, I mean, it's very important um, to keep me on the right tracks and um, also really to help this movement go forward because I'm a big believer um, that I want somebody like Richard to verify the information I'm coming out with because it's proof to Richard, who, who, yeah. who is sceptical, can I say, and it's proof to the public out there because us mediums um, are always under test and um, it's, it's something like that I believe in very strongly. Yeah. It's about, as I, as I say frequently on the show, Ron, it's really, although I am still a, a sceptic, and you know I believe in, in the whole damn thing as well, um, it really is about time that we got round to believing what these people are telling us, rather than all these shows being about let's test the medium. Um, and again, programs like um, other programs on TV, I should say, um, where there's a medium there you know, that doesn't know where they're coming to beforehand, what difference does it make whether they know whether you know the program shouldn't be about testing the medium, and that's why I believe that you know Ian on on this show that he does Living with the Dead, you know, is quite open about the fact. Yes, of course I know where I'm coming to. How can I do my job if I don't know anything about the building? I've only got 24 hours. It's a TV program, and I need yeah. to know all about the building I can before I get there to do my I job. The well, thing is, as well, it, it is, you know, my, my co-host, Johnny Fury, who, who's a phenomenal sensitive, uh, she walks around the building uh, uh, with me, and, and some of the information that she picks up is, is just not, you know, there's no prior knowledge there, there's nothing, and, and she, you know, she astounds me with, with some of the stuff she comes out with, she shocks me, and um, she becomes very emotional, and, and, you know, she's not an actress, she can't do that, it's impossible, she's just a very, very talented lady, and, you um, you know, it's a privilege to work with somebody like that. Now, let me ask you this. I mean, you just said that uh, we shouldn't test them, yet I believe you have an event coming up that's called 
test the medium or something? I do indeed, and, and, and Ian is actually uh, one of the uh, judges with me, um, and uh, Dr. Matthew Smith. Um, a week, are, oh gosh, on the 20th, the 30th, the 30th of, uh, 30th of um, October, we have this event called um, the Midlands Best Medium. And uh, Ian and I did, a, did a auditions with them on Sunday um, in a very haunted hotel in, in Derby. Um, we had 15, 15 would-be mediums, potential mediums, uh, genuine mediums turn up for us. Uh, and, and it went very well, didn't it, Ian? I was, I was very, very surprised, Richard, to be fair with you. Some so of the information I. that some of them was coming out with was fascinating. I had a personal message from one lady who you know, brought my grandma's name through. Um, it was a very unusual name. I don't want to say it in case anyone else that kind of yeah. gives me a reading, but, but it was a very unusual name. And she picked up um, about somebody that myself and, and my wife knew who got burnt in a car. Um, she got the right, the, the side of the face where it's burnt, um, 100% spot on. Um, so there's stuff like that, you know, what's not, not um, easily accessible. I mean, it's just knowledge that my wife and I have. So, so what she came out with was kind of blew my mind, really. And, and Richard got a reading as well, which kind of blew Richard's mind. So She did. I mean, there's no getting away from it. And, and the, I'll tell you what really fascinated me, Ron, was, was the fact that we, we decided that we were not just obviously down to mediumistic stuff, but we were also asking people about psychometry. Um, and so we had various items of jewellery from, from people um, uh, that were there on the, on the afternoon. And the thing that really got me was that every, every one of those people that we asked if they wouldn't mind doing psychometry, and I must be honest with you, I didn't realise that the vast majority of mediums can do psychometry. Every one of those people actually had a go at psychometrizing, for want of a better word. And my eldest son, Ed, <clears throat> who is, God help the poor lad, so much like me, you couldn't believe it. Um, and basically, she, she was telling me about this, this chap who, who owned the ring, uh, and she had got him so much, well, to a, absolutely, it was Edward to a T, but she turned to me and she looked at me and she said, um, this is you, isn't it, that I'm talking about? And I said, no, no, it's not me, but you don't know how close you are. Uh, because it's my, well, I then told her, it's my eldest son, who is so much like me, you wouldn't believe it. And she just, she just told it like it was. Um, we've got, uh, we've eliminated it down to eight. Uh, and then we've got five more people auditioning on, on Saturday. And it looks as if we're going to have a show um, second to none, which is taking place in Derby on the, uh, on the 30th of, of um, October, the day before Halloween. And if anybody wants tickets, it's www.derbyjail.com. Uh, com for tickets. It's only £20 a ticket, and a good night is guaranteed. I got my plug in. <laughs> you did. You did very well. <laughs> now, when, when you have... Now, now, are you doing this... Will this be held at Derby Jail, or...? No, it's not. We're, in fact, on purpose, we're holding it in a, in a uh, building that holds 300 people that isn't haunted. I it's was going to ask you that, yeah. Yeah, it's a school that has... Abs uh, there was virtually nothing on the site before, a reasonably modern school... 
uh, called Landau Forte College in Derby, funnily enough where my eldest son, Ed, went to school. And, and as far as I know, there ain't no ghosts in it, um, which I thought was, was sort of a, a good idea to sort of do it on a, how can I put it, clinically based. Sort of, so what they're going to get is going to come from the people, I would think. Well, well uh, let me... Not, let- let me ask you, Ian, this, actually. He just said that that place isn't haunted, but isn't it true that spirits are everywhere? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and this is what I was going to interrupt Richard about. I mean, yeah. there's going to be a lot of mediums there. And, yeah. um, you know, they're going to attract a lot of spiritual energy. Um, so who's to say nothing's going to be left behind? And also what, what I believe in as well is all them school children now, I'm sure they've all lost grandparents, uh, you know, in one mm. way or another. And, and I feel sometimes that that's... Um, spirit or that energy of, of a grandparent has come in to link with that child and it's been left behind because sometimes I think if a light's open like a portal like we talk about and they come in and it's shut how do they get back so I still believe that there's not such a place as um, there's no, no such thing as um, a building that's not haunted that's interesting because I mean I, yeah. I'm, I again I'm a believer in 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 many spirits being yeah. territorial and, yes. and sort of haunting the place that that the mm. trauma took place that caused them to be a ghost, if you yeah. like, the, whatever mm-hmm. sort of the, the, the death that, that that took place. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously a believer in, in in even though it's a modern building that that it, it depends what happened on the site uh, yes. before. But all well, I'm also, really saying about... is, that as far as we know, there is no record of a haunting in the building itself. Okay. So, what, so what I about, believe, and I may be wrong, what I believe will happen is whatever spirits come along will be coming along with the people that are there. Am do I you right believe then maybe that um, if there's a, a school teacher, a headmaster yeah. or mistress who has passed on many years ago or even recently has seen this school, and do you think it's maybe like a, a light bulb to a moth, you know, it attracts them, so maybe um, somebody in the spirit world may want to go there? That's true. Or, of mm. course, for all we know, a dedicated teacher that, that was there yeah. in the, I don't know, the late 80s or whatever that, that hasn't moved on because they love that place so much. Well, let me do a walk around with you then, Richard, before the public come. and then That we'll see will be there. very interesting. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that would be great because who knows? You know, they may yeah. not know they've got a ghost, but have they ever had a medium in the building before? I don't know. Exactly, yeah. Never mind. 10 to 15 mediums in the building on one night. That's going to be quite something, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a very good evening uh, ahead of us there, Ron. It's going to be quite good. We've also, we are having a a, a week-long ghost fest uh, in Derby uh, because, as I've said many times before, Derby is actually the most haunted city in Great Britain. Uh, That means it might be the most haunted city in the world. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> it could be. Sure, Listen. why not? Why not? No, no, why not? You know, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, if Britain if Britain is the most haunted country in the world... Oh, here we go again. Yeah, come on. And, <laughs> and Derby is the most haunted city in Great Britain, then hang on a minute. That means we've got it hands down, doesn't it? I guess. In your little Thank mind. You. Thank you. And you heard it on Ghost Chronicles first. Right. <laughs> Anyways, let, Ian, I know we're running out of time, but you know I have to uh, ask you a question. When I when I first started the Ghost Project, I didn't believe in psychics or mediums at all. Sure. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And, of course, I, I realize that they're quite valid. Um, but one of the things I always remember asking um, Maureen, uh, she's the trans medium I work with, the first time yeah. is, do ghosts spy on you? For instance, when you take a shower, do they peek on you and other stuff? They forgot, yeah. Why, why not? You know, <laughs> People ask me this question. What would you do if you was a ghost? But is, I'd be is, peeking. Is, isn't there a comic line that you don't cross? Yeah, I mean, but it's a religious belief, isn't it? There's a belief that um, as a spirit, there's rules and regulations that we're not allowed to um, kind of peak when people are obviously making out and doing things like that. And also we're not allowed to give anything what will give capital gains, um, like lottery numbers or anything. Um, but, you know, them rules are there to be broken, I suppose, very much like we break rules. So who's to say? I know when I've been making out, I've seen somebody over my shoulder watching. Hey, listen, that's quickly. Who makes the rules? Exactly. Ronald? Who God. makes the rules? God does. Okay. There you go. Okay. If you, if, Richard, I will not believe in God if you can prove to me how the universe was made. Out of Big Bang. Oh, <laughs> thank for what? Hey, and what was, what? what's there beyond the universe? Has, there always has to be a beginning if you believe in science. I, and you I agree with you. I could, but what's beyond infinity? And if there's a creator, who created the creator? Uh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, come on. It's a fascinating subject. Anyway, Ian, uh, we got to run, so I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Do you have a website you'd like to give out? Yeah, that's great. It's under construction at the moment, but it's um, ianlawman.org, www.ianlawman.org. All right, I'll you, Ian. I'll tell you, Ron, very quick, he's the sort of guy that you Yanks would love. Tell you. You Yank? Yanks. You're a Yank, aren't you? Is that that's what it comes down to? You... you, you uh... <laughs> I, I, I would be very, very happy to bring uh, Richard and my team of investigators and Johnny Fury um, to the United States and um, show them, uh, show you guys how a true investigation should be. Ooh. Oh yeah, well we can, we can show you a thing or two myself. So could be good. Uh, could books. be good. All right. We'll anyways, Ian, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, you're welcome. Cheers. Yeah, and you got to check back with us after this uh, Halloween thing is over with, too. I will do. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Yep, thank you. Have a good day. So, uh, thanks for running down. I just wanted to get in that we have actually a couple events coming up as well. We have Spectral Evidence, of course, at uh, part of the Festival of Dead in Salem, which is the Saturday and the following Saturday at the uh, Haunted Hawthorne Hotel. So, uh, lucky man. I wish I was... uh, Go to anyghostproject.com. That's any, like New England, ghostproject.com, and you can get more information. That's part of the festival. We do this every year. Every, it, you know how bad it is? Every year, this event sells out. Uh, we used to do one event only, and then, yeah. uh, it sold out by, by October. It would be gone. You couldn't get a ticket. We had yeah. people show up yeah. the door and think. So this year, we decided to uh, make two of it, and uh, it's still doing well. So. Very good. Well done, you. And I'm off to Barclay Castle on Saturday uh, to do a big ghost hunt there at the most one of the most haunted castles in England. So uh, look forward to pe- seeing people there. All right. So I guess till next time. Uh, time to say good night and God bless. It's good night from me and it's goodbye from him.
Cheers, Ron. Goodbye, Bye. everybody. From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.